What up, gangsters? My name is Inigo Montoya. Movies that you get, Shawshank Pie. Come on, do it, kill me. I guess I just miss my friend. Shawshank. And on your 50th viewing, Shawshank. This movie has everything. Shawshank. Kiss masks, Lee Trevino. Shawshank. One of a black man named Chump. Shawshank. And we are back. I cannot believe it. It feels like forever since we've been here. This is Shawshank on the Pod 617 Boston Podcast Network. I'm your host, Uncle Buck. And we have a, a wonderful series of shows here for basically what's the kickoff of season three for the uh, Shawshank show. But let's uh, introduce our cast, certainly, as we get started here. Uh, Nicholas Stevens. Ten million, ten million, ten million dollars. Ten million, ten million, ten million dollars. Oh, that's a great one. That gives you a preview of what we're talking about. Georgie Kip. I got a golden ticket. What the hell? It's uh, This isn't a Gene Wilder the, tribute? No, it's John Candy. Oh, Willy Candy. Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, my yes. God. I can hear, oh, I can hear Maddie upset. Oh, uh, Maddie. How about everyone? Yeah. Anyone with ears or I can hear Maddie running to come and yell at you yeah. on that one. I did it good Georgie. this time. Oh, George. Thank you for not making it racial this time. Uh, so here we go. <laughs> we are going to jump right back into it. Uh, it has been a bit since we convened, fellas, but after uh, learning of the 25th anniversary of the death of our beloved John... Franklin Candy. J- Wait, JF? No, JFC. JFC. Wow, that's such a better JFC than the way we all say it. Yeah, that's true. Like when we're like, J- JFC. Like, Jesus oh, F and C. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I get it now. Right? Yeah. Or yeah, KFC. But can you guys believe it's been 25 no. years since we lost John Candy? Do you I remember I where you were? In touch, I didn't realize until Ryan Reynolds, basically. The impetus for tonight's podcast, yeah. Ryan Reynolds... God damn handsome superstar that he is with a great wit, too. That and guy loves being from Canada. He does. he does. And you know what? He pays tribute and respects the greatest things from Canada, including possibly Canada's greatest funny man. Now, that would be another great podcast. Yes. Funniest man funniest from Canada. Canadian. Funniest Canadian. Yeah. Mike Myers. Well, so, yeah. But, yeah, he puts out that tweet saying, like, oh, here's a little retrospective we put together. 25 years since John Candy passed so away. So John Candy, born on Halloween of 1950 in Newmarket, oh. Canada, Amazingly, dies on March 4th, 1994 in Durango, Mexico. But yet, it was the space in between that he affected the most. The United States of America with his great comedy for all those decades. Can you guys believe... I remember where I was at... Yeah. He was 6'2". I, I didn't realize he was that tall. Uh, a big guy. I remember where I was when he died. And I learned the news. I was on a bus in high school on my way to Canada as an underage 16-year-old to go drink where the 18-year-olds were allowed to drink in Canada. So I was actually headed to his homeland, Montreal, uh, to have a fun weekend with friends on a bus trip when I learned the news. And honestly, it's one of those ones that I still remember to this day happening. Do you guys remember maybe where you were or how it affected you? Well, I was 19. I was in college, and I was just devastated. I remember being in the, I think, the the cafeteria and just uh, finding out about it. And, you know, you're in college, you don't really care. But the the thing that has uh, affected me so much about John Candy, John Candy looked so much like my father. He did, actually. It, right. it was okay. very, uh, you know, and my mom always compared them. My dad always loved John Candy movies. So it uh, that that hurt. That that one hurt. Have you ever yeah. met somebody? I mean, I know that, who, who was it? Uh, well, somebody at Toucher and Rich that said they didn't like. Jo- Fred Toucher, who right. we should have invited to be a part of tonight's podcast. But other than that, have you ever he, heard anybody he went off ever? The, on Boston Radio one morning saying John Candy wasn't funny. John Candy, you know, the, well, why the I've legacy. I've never heard that before. Yeah, yeah Jerry, Jerry Thornton told us. Like he was listening and couldn't believe it. 
How do you not love John Candy? I, I was in college too at the time, and I remember reading it and not being shocked, but just thinking like, well, that sucks. Well, that's a bummer. That talk about gone too soon. It wasn't like John Candy had been on a roll. Where, like I wasn't, you know, what was the last movie? Canadian Bacon. Is yeah. that the one he was Wagons, in? Wagons, Wagons East. No, Canadian yeah. Bacon. That was the last movie Chris Farley was in, correct? No, Wagons oh. East was with, was with uh, Matthew Candy. Perry? And Matthew Perry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, you're thinking about uh, Farley. N- no, Farley and Matthew Perry were in a movie together, but there was one with Candy called Wagons East, mm-hmm. which they were basically settlers that went out west, and it was Richard uh, Lewis, ah, the two of them. Yes. And then he had to, like they decided this isn't for us, so they decided to go back east. And it was a horrible, horrible film. Of course. But Why does their he, last movie always have to be terrible? Well, he died and ended up making it like while they were making it, so they ended up doing. Script the, was that bad. Yeah, it was wow, pretty but, bad. Uh, Matt, he was forty-four years old. Right, that's I'm how four, old. I'm older than John Candy yes. right now. Yeah, but let's all. Uh, uh. Uh, the point I was making was that we hadn't, we weren't really on a John Candy run at, at that time. Like right. we were, John Candy. I remember when I saw Who's Harry Crumb in call, like right before I went to college, thinking like, I'm seeing this because it's a John Candy movie. But right. we've officially kind of hit, hit peak John Candy already. Right. Like right. It's, it was it's not, it wasn't too great, but still like. A piece of my childhood. But what's amazing, and we'll go through his career retrospective in a minute, but he spanned the gamut of being able to do little cameos, to being kind of a co-star, to being his own leading man, and he held his own in each of these films. He did. But what I find remarkable about him, most people kind of lump him into the Belushi, the Farley, the oh, you know, like a larger comedic performance. Mm-hmm. Belushi and Farley both had an edge to them. You knew there was a lot of drinking and drugs and partying there. John Candy just seemed like somebody you wanted to hang out with. Didn't necessarily get real high or real drunk or whatever. He's a happy fat guy. The happy funny, fat, funny guy. fat guy. Buck, More like a hard, you know, Laurel and Hardy type. Your nickname is after an iconic John Candy character. You should have been the one that this would have hit hardest of all of us. Well, and it did when I was in when I was in high school. It hit me, and I didn't get that nickname until my fraternity days in college. But the idea was, I was just kind of this bigger, jovial guy, mm-hmm. and 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 I would glad I wore it with wore it with pride. I brought it to our podcasting uh, the network. Work here, right? So, um, to just look back at thank it, you for your service, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're so you know, brave. Not everyone, you know, wears, wears it, wears the not medal all proudly, yes, right? Um, but so it, this is just somebody who everyone beloved. I was so shocked to hear that actually somebody right. was was possibly against him. But let's, JFC was an HFG, he was a happy fat guy, he's he totally a funny was. fat, he was a funny fat guy who with heart, funny with, fat heart. Guy? With, with heart, heart. yes. And I love what you said, he could be a co star, he could do a cameo. He could be his own leading man, and we'll run through all these movies. Some of them are great. Some of them stink. But you are always happy to see him. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he always brought something to the table. He brought, like, a jo- there was a joy that he seemed to bring to these projects. Um, let's, let's go ahead and just kind of kick this off with, with uh, a career retrospective. Now, he had done some films, uh, started out in, in the 70s. Uh, and of course, he did SCTV up sure. in Toronto. Um, but his real kind of first major movie uh, was 1941 and 1979. Now, this uh, we, we have a future episode. We're going to be talking about our most disappointing sequels. I was telling David, our producer, before the show started, 1941 might be my most disappointing movie of all could, time. Could be. There's no movie that I would anticipate larger... Uh, have star, greater stars, director, Spielberg directed the, yeah. the, the, the war cast film, they had. comedy, Peak John Belushi. Belushi. Peak, yeah, exactly. Peak yeah. Belushi. Yeah. And it just it the biggest bomb you'd ever think. Uh, but John Candy had kind of a a, a bit, can, not a cameo, but you know, very side role in this one. But it was a it was a uh, uh, one of these performances where you had 
Right. Yeah, like you just listed all the big stars you had. Right. So very forgettable performance there. Uh, he and did, that goes in a bucket, by the way, real quick, that is starting to get sneaky crowded. The, wow, that was a Spielberg movie that I really didn't like, Bucket. Well, so that's a that's a future show for us, too, because Spielberg, I think, has had one of the most polarizing careers when it comes to the greatest in the history of the, the industry and some of the biggest shit. Yeah. Hook. Uh, oh. Dude, The Terminal. How about uh, <laughs> how about also the Ready Player One recently? Whoa, oh, the latest you don't like that? I like Ready Player One. Oh, oh Ugh, you! Garbage. All right, that's a whole other episode. Let's keep go- going with John Candy. <laughs> In 1980, he ends up uh, guest uh, having a cameo, kind of a a secondary uh, character as uh, Burt Mercer, Mister Mercer, in uh, the Blues Brothers, the John, John Belushi. <laughs> no, and that's one of the most yeah. iconic. Like, yeah, he, I mean, he Orange has whip. he. That's it. Like, yeah. he has one of the. What, probably one of my top 25 favorite movie lines. And that, and see, that speaks to how good he was. That was just a minimalistic little, like, happy character. But for some reason, you saw this guy and you're like, I don't know what it is about this fat guy, but I like him. Yeah. That was funny. Orange whip, orange whip, three orange whips. Who the hell wrote that line? Did he just come up with it out of his own? There? <laughs> Look at him with the mustache, and he's all chubby and funny. Oh, that uh, flat hair wearing their aviators inside. He's physically funny. His still, delivery was unreal. Probably one of the best comedic delivery. Uh, comedic delivery? No, comedic delivery persons. Yes. Per- person. That's what they yeah. say at comedy school fun time. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, but maybe my favorite line in the, in the movie. Uh, yeah. Hey, can you hand me the mic? Uh, what car are we? Uh, five, five. Uh, uh, car 55. Uh, we're in a truck. <laughs> they crashed their uh, right. cruiser inside of a truck. Who wants an orange whip? Orange whip? Orange whip? Three orange whips. <laughs> Nobody knows what the hell orange it come whip from? That's an orange whip. <laughs> that comedy delivery yeah. person. Yeah, exactly. It's so As good. a person of comic deliveriness. He it's was great. so good. He's like uh, everybody's dad. Like everyone's dad when yeah. he sat there he's and like, go, I'm bored, I want an orange whip. And you're yeah, like, what the like, hell dad is an he's orange like the, whip? No, he is like, how about this? Let's put it this way. John Candy, we grew up watching television with all of these wholesome, funny American dads. Uh, maybe Dick Van Dyke being the greatest example of them all. John Candy was probably America's first great funkel. Yeah, yeah. The real, I mean, really, right? He was the oh, fun, the yeah, fun, yeah. like, oh man, Uncle John's coming over. Like, who wouldn't love if Uncle John? Like, all right, you kids, uh, here, I'll give you all a couple of quarters if you just, you yeah. know, go out and play in the yard. Don't get in any trouble. Right. He's picking up the little kids by their ankles and hanging them upside and right. dangling. Right. What's this uh, in my hand? Is it candy? No, it's a betting slip. Cash this in. So he he did a uh, <laughs> puck. Before we go on, you want the you want the uh, we're in the truck scene. Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> want to hand me the mic? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Hi, this is car. Um, what number are we? Five five. Car fifty five. Um. We're in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> the laugh. You know I love it that laugh. <laughs> it, it, it's his ability to take like <laughs> chaos and just and just kind of kind of waltz through it. Right. Like, you could almost see him like kind of walking through a diehard scene with things exploding around the glass on the floor, and just kind of <laughs> just kind of smiling and laughing. Like he can just get through any scenario. <laughs> oh. There it is. Yeah. It's not funny. Uh, I absolutely love it. So he does a voiceover uh, voiceover work in 1981's Heavy Metal, uh, based on the uh, graphic novel series. Um, in 1981, Geek. He... yeah, nerd. All right, all right. Uh, in 1981, he co-stars with Bill Murray in Stripes. 
Woohoo! Uh, as Ox, believe. Dewey Oxberger. My I friends call me Ox. All of the, Let's uh, hear like, it. My name's Dewey Oxberger. <laughs> my friends call me Ox. You might have noticed I've uh, got a slight weight problem. No! Yeah, I do. No. Yeah, I do. Anyway, I went to this doctor. And, well, he told me I, I swallowed a lot of aggression along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. <laughs> It's not funny, but it's funny. Why would he say pizza? Uh, He's cracking himself. He suggested know. taking one of these uh, aggression training courses. You know, these aggressive training courses like Est, those type of things. Anyway, it cost 400 bucks. Yeah, 400 bucks to join this thing. Well, I, I didn't have the money. And I thought to myself, join the army. It's free. So I figured while I'm here, I'll lose a few pounds. And you got what, a six to eight week training program here? A real tough one, which is perfect for me. I'm gonna walk out of here a lean, mean, mean fight fighting machine. machine. <laughs> so uh, the, be- the best is like only John Candy can get away with calling the army. This is perfect for me. <laughs> John Candy too. Now, Buck, we're already talking about great cameo, iconic cameos in two movies that probably land on all of our top twenty comedies of all time. Lists. I think Stripes is a supporting character role. No, that's what I'm saying. It's a cameo. Yeah. Sp- yeah. Oh, sorry, supporting well, role. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Maybe more of a cameo. Well, no, he, he wasn't a star. You don't do, brothers he's a supporting too. He's character. Supporting, you have yeah. to be a star to do a cameo. Yeah, multiple I guess. scenes. Right. right. So we're talking about two great supporting characters in two top twenty, top twenty-five comedies of all time. So the company he kept, or at least we should see that the respect he got from great directors and great screenwriters and great comedic talent. This should have told you, like, hey, this guy's something else. He's already worked with Bill Murray, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd. And this is because he came from SCTV, correct? Right, yes. Right. Now, none of us were fans of that prior to, right? And we're not all going to be like, I only I watched SCTV uh, when Nick at Night started showing the yeah. reruns. I mean, obviously, I was too young for the original Of course. Run Who did that break? That broke uh, Rick, Rick Moranis. Uh, uh, Martin uh, Short? Martin Short started yeah. there, too. Um, yeah, I mean, but really a lot of those guys like Aykroyd and stuff. Dave Thomas, Catherine, from, o- Catherine O'Hara. A lot of the guys like Aykroyd and stuff had actually come from there to New York to start Saturday Night Live. So, right on. Um, in Second City, uh, you know, out of Toronto and out of Chicago, if you ever have a chance to go to Chicago and see Second City live. Yeah. I mean, it was so much fun, you know, definitely check it out. Uh, but so John Candy gets his first starring uh, role in 1983's Going Berserk. A wildly forgettable movie for somebody so well beloved. He was in that. So, no. Going Berserk actually is one of those ones where, like, you, when you buy the three movie DVD set, it's Great Outdoors, Uncle Buck, and Going Berserk. Going Berserk and you're like, yeah. I haven't seen Uncle uh, Going Berserk. Let's give this a try. Yeah, not great. Not great. Yeah, uh, that's one of those package deals where it's like, hey, you want the rights to the Great Outdoors and something? Something you also have to pick up. Who's Harry Crumb? Like, oh, yeah. Oh. Um. All right, so let's fast forward then. It's actually same year. He gets a role in National Lampoon's Vacation. Now, what's really oh. funny about this, as the uh, amusement park attendant, this was not in the original film. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, mm-hmm. the entire movie, the Chevy Chase vehicle, um, goes. You know, the entire movie goes on, and they actually have a final scene where they break into Mr. Wally's house and and make his like servants perform for them. And I guess they did a test screening, and it was horrible. It went terribly wrong. In fact, wait. He, so Clark and the family held him at gunpoint yeah, and made them perform. And Chevy for him? Chase says he's got the the reel somewhere, like in a vault in his house. Oh my god! Of I the would original. Kill. Oh, I know. I would pay top yeah. dollar to see that. Yeah. So what happens is uh, they decide to come back and do a reshoot. Now, what's hilarious about the new ending here? Not only do you have John Candy as the the new park attendant who tells him the park is closed, the moose out front should have told you, is that uh, Anthony Michael Hall 
is about an, four inches taller because he had a growth spurt yeah. when they stopped I didn't even filming. realize that. That's genius. So when you listen to the audio commentary, you'll uh-huh. learn all about this. Go ahead and play it. Sorry, folks. Park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. Yes, uh, we're here to see Mr. Roy Wally. What is your name, sir? Clark W. Griswold. What is your name, sir? Sounds like James Gum. What's this regarding, Mr. Griswold? Ah, uh, we're here for public good news and relations. It's under inspection to a personal matter. Oh, inspection. He's chubby, too. Oh, he is much taller. Well, nobody, uh, nobody notified this office of, um, of anything. Well, I'm notifying you. I'm afraid I'm going to need a little more than that, sir. Okie dokie. How's this? <laughs> Clark, if you lost your mind, where did you get that? Sporting goods store, honey. Now you listen to me, fat ass. You do what I say and there won't be any problem, okay? Okay. We just drove 2,460 miles just for a little Roy Wally entertainment. The moose says you're closed. I say you're open. Oh, That's God. So That's not even a real great. game, is it, Clark? No. Uh, that was a, yeah. It's a magnum PI. You could put a lodge under the skin and cause uh, a very bad infection. infection. <laughs> Outstanding. Oh, Again. John Candy. But so it doesn't five he just minutes of make screen time movie makes the most the of it. Yeah. Uh, so he makes the cameo in National Lampoon's Vacation. He now Buck, gets part of Before up. you go on, I have a, que- a question to throw out. You, you mentioned the, the abduction scene that never aired. I wonder if that was the inspiration for the abduction scene in uh, Christmas. Christmas Vacation. Yeah. You know, when they, when they, na- could they, you know, that, that horrible, like, awkward scene of Brian Doyle <laughs> oh. Murray getting yeah, that's, bound and gagged. That's probably true. Maybe probably, he was like, you know what? Hey, we, gotta, we need an ending for this one. This movie's <laughs> already been terribly unfunny. Let's see. Oh, no. That's I my believe take both. Uh, one doesn't fan. like Christmas Vacation. He rewatched it after we did the no. Christmas episode. Yeah, not a oh. fan. Homeboy. Like, hey, let's finally wedge you the idea. You hadn't seen it at that I hadn't time? seen No, I hadn't, he hadn't seen, seen it. in years. Since I saw it in the theater, and then you're when I rewatched it. You're insane. That's one of the great no, movies. No, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. nuts. No, it's not. Uh, I'd rather right. watch Going Berserk. Why? <laughs> what? Nick, Nick what? would what? rather watch like Lego it? Movie 2. Yes, it's uh, a, that's a better movie than Christmas Vacation. show. It's the next show coming up. So... So, all right, at this, point, at this point, he's already co-starred like with Bill Murray. Oh, you're the oldest, aren't you? He's had scenes with Chevy Chase. <laughs> and you're now, a female Phil Hartman, dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great drop. And now, and now in 1984, he's going to be tag-teamed with, St- with Tom Hanks in Splash. Okay? Probably Ron my Howard fav- film. Might be my favorite John Candy role. He plays Could be one Fre- of my favorite Freddie movies. Freddie Bauer. Yeah. Who, where, where, where you, you learn all about Freddie in the first like five minutes of the movie because as a child, he's dropping coins and looking up girls' skirts. And then when you're introduced to John Candy, the adult Freddie Bauer, he does the <laughs> he same does the thing same at a thing. wedding. And Tom Hanks grabs him and goes, What are you doing that was embarrassing when you were five? And he goes, When I, when I, when I, when I something works for me, I stick with it. <laughs> uh, he had the best one liners in that movie, held his home with Tom Hanks. Uh, also, though, Tom Hanks and, uh, they kind of became a duo at some point. A new kind of Martin and Lewis, Laurel and Hardy. Hanks and Candy had yeah. a little. They had a mini run. They, 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 they had little yeah. volunteers and whatnot. Yeah. But Splash, it, it's Ron Howard's first uh, directorial debut, and he was just uh, John. He was so loved in that. Was movie. it his first directorial debut? I hate you <laughs> so much. I can't talk today. <laughs> Jordans have several first debuts. You won an Emmy for stupidest person ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Well, just a second. Bonjour in Svensk, Bitkin, Scotsman, so long the vague, Franz Hey, Roaring. 
Let's just talk for a second about his physical comedy. Is he maybe the most underrated physical co- uh, comedian mm. actor of all time? Underrated. Yes. I underrated. think Farley was superior to him in just physical comedy. Far superior. Farley yeah. was a, Farley was an athlete. I'm not, oh, I'm not saying, but I'm, what I'm saying is people don't appreciate right. some of his physical comedy as much as they probably should. I think it Stripes. was more nuanced. Yeah, he's, he's, I think so. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times... John Candy's, you would think like the big fat guy, like, look, there, David's playing on the screen right now in the scene. He hits the racquetball, hits it perfectly. There's no CGI in 1984 when, the, when Splash is released. Nails himself perfectly in the head. <laughs> it's subtle. He didn't do, go over the top. It was just enough. Right. It was just enough. Given his body type and his sort of like awkwardly large and lovable frame, I think he handled himself perfectly. But like, think about a scene we're about to talk about in uh, Summer Rental that comes out a couple years later, might where be the where the girl takes made. her top off, but having after having a boob job, and she goes, "How do they look?" And he goes, "Similar." It's not. The, it's not the line. Similar is great. It's the face he makes. Right. Yeah. Right. It's the physical face that he makes. Uh, all right. So in '84, he does Splash. He has a little cameo in in Sesame Street's "Follow That Bird." All which the, is hilarious. Which, again, is a perfect example. He's so beloved by adults, they decided to throw him in there so that the adults that are being sucked into this Sesame Street mm-hmm. movie are... You are, took an apple smile. from a kid. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's his right, line. Yeah. He's a cop. It's great. Uh, and then in 1985, he is back-teamed with uh, Tom Hanks, in, this time in Volunteers. Uh, now, a wildly, another one of these wildly kind of... Um, Un, I don't want to say unfunny because it has moments, but it's, it's not... uneven. Disappointing. Yes, it's, it's disappointing. disappointing. Mm-hmm. And we, we, it's not a sequel... Like our podcast to be the dis- most disappointing sequels, but it's the follow up. Like, oh man, like you could almost put this in a category of like most disappointing follow ups, like a duo. Like, um, let me think of like a, 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 a first time like, du- <laughs> first time debut, first time debut directorial <laughs> duo person people. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, these guys were together in a movie. It's going to be so great. Uh, I don't know where. Billy Crystal and someone else in a movie. Oh, never mind. You guys get the point. Right. Point is, this should have been great because we love them so much in Splash, and volunteers seem to have the pedigree, and then it just came out. I was like, gave oh, them this snooty is snooty accents and like. Yeah, I don't get this. Just, this um, they were unlikable characters. That's maybe Bingo. the first time John Bingo. King was an unlikable character. Bingo. In the movie. Right on. Um, all right, so in 1985, though, he also... So he, uh, he's in 85, he's he's a cameo in Sesame Street. He stars in Volunteers, and he's also now going to star in Brewster's Millions. Yes. Okay, with... Oh, God, that movie is Spike incredible. Nolan. Oh, my God. It's Spike that, Nolan. Uh, who's appeared in a previous Shawshank episode right. as... When we did the fiction, fictional athlete him. draft, you you drafted Spike Nolan. <laughs> oh my God, because one of the of, one of the great draft picks of all time. And yeah, I love that one. Uh, go listen to that in the archives. Um, but he's in there with Richard Pryor holding his own. Now Richard Pryor, this is po- this is post meth lab explosion. Richard Pryor, <laughs> but still Richard Pryor still has great his concept. The, well, the movie was on concept alone. <laughs> yes. Brewster's Millions must have been like a five million dollar spec. So he plays the, the, the catcher genius. for the Hackensack Bulls. <laughs> I admire your work. You're a great hitter. Pitcher sure thinks he's cute, don't he? He sure does. Hey, you had a great season this year, Mr. Dixon. I saw that game in Boston back in June, was it? Saw that game? Yeah, I saw that game. Ah! Oh, I tell you. Great game. Two home runs. A triple. Six rubies all told. I can't believe you didn't make the all-star team. I didn't believe it either. Keep it in there. Keep it in there. Oh, the great Jerry Orbach. Yeah. Hey, Dixon, 
I saw your wife on television too. Yeah. Yeah, she sure is an ugly bitch. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the slow play, all flattery until the end. That guy plays an ump in every movie. He does, yeah. <laughs> just look bored. It was the ump. same naked ump, gun. naked gun, yeah. Wow. But, but look at Candy. All right, you're the boss. It's funny. Jeez. Look at Candy as a catcher, too. Look at why am, I, why am I such an embittered Red Sox fan, though, that I'm annoyed that their anecdote was he had three home runs against the Yan- Red Sox of <laughs> as a Yankee player? <laughs> uh, back then, it was okay. Uh, uh, back then, it was more accurate. And one of the Knicks' um, favorite quotes of all time, $10 million, $10 million, oh my $10 million. God. Oh, I love that. I no. Just, when wait, wait, he takes Chuck Nolan, he takes the wait, what is it? Fleming. Chuck they, Fleming, actually. they took a hundred thousand and they bet it on a horse, or how much was it again? They and the, they the, turned the it guy in. turned the stock market over yeah. into uh, all yeah. long shots, yeah, Loyola all, versus all, all, yeah. Notre Dame, they turned like a million into ten million dollars, and then he had to spend that extra ten million dollars. That's what I'm saying. Didn't Spike Nolan also have like the necklace that was he's waiting for Johnny Bench, yeah. Look at this. Eugene, oh, you tell him it was your idea. All right, I got some good news and some bad news for you. <laughs> well, tell him the bad news first. All right, all right, all right. Here's the bad news. I did exactly what you wanted me to do. I got rid of all your iceberg stocks. That's great. That's, That's the bad news. <laughs> you ready for the good news? Yeah. Okay, here it comes. I took Eugene's advice, all right? Admittedly, without you knowing, I used the corporate name. I hope you don't mind. No. I made no. a couple investments for you. That's, and that's okay. What did I buy? I bought a commodity thing. I bought uh, an oil well thing. He just made you ten million dollars. Ten million dollars! <laughs> <laughs> ten million! 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 Damn it! I'm right back where I started. Damn it! Oh, oh, so I mean, good. So it's that a combination that, of being that, able to make a chant and uh, the face at the uh, same time. And the, and the fist pump and the gesture. And with the catcher, with to the me, gold catcher. You, I see that scene, and that to me is like, Nick, describe your parents allowing you to go to the movies me with too. a friend by me yourself too. in the 80s. I am at the Hanover Mall Cinema on a Saturday afternoon with my middle school best friend. My parents dropped me off. My mom probably killed two hours in the mall, and I went to see Brewster's Millions. And that, like, that's there. There's my tween years in a nutshell. I was in De- uh, Dedham, and I saw that with Steve Furness, my uh, no kidding. A, a junior high pal. Yeah. So oh, so good. I just showed that movie for the first time to my 11-year-old. Uh-huh. And, yeah, he, he the whole time he's walking around, $10 million, $10 million, $10 million. <laughs> so that's 1985, but also in 1985, uh, John Candy is back with his first uh, starring role debut. Uh, this time, <laughs> for the first time since '83, he is starring in Summer Rental. What this '85, the summer of Candy? I remember this. Uh, Brewster's Millions was like a Memorial Day weekend. That was a huge tentpole movie. You know when they would release summer movies and blockbusters in the summer. I, I recall. Uh, and then I feel like Summer Rental was later in the summer, maybe like July. Yeah. And I saw that in Brockton. I saw it Snuck as a double feature in the in the drive-in with Star Trek Three. Wow. Yes. Yeah, one of the great one double of those, features of One of those all was a disappointing time. sequel, and the other was Summer Rental. Oh, Star Trek Three! come on. It's up that and was down. Kind of, <laughs> that's Kramer's favorite. Oh, great. I, I, that, some, that might have been the best summer or the best year for movies. No, ni- 1986 is the greatest year for I movies. I disagree. 85 had Rocky IV. Also. 86. Back to the Future, that, the Goonies. But that was a number. That right, was a November movie. Show, oh, no, 86. I'll the present best, the case the best, for it. Best move, best summer of 86 ever. was the goat of all summer, summer cinema. Well, it came it, out. It, that's another pod. Well, we'll, that, we'll get there. Uh, so Summer Rental. Summer Rental is one of the great one of the great movies where uh, it's where that Rip Torn plays a pirate. Yeah, right. So the entire premise is that he they, don't they sail with the uh, with the fish restaurant. <laughs> it's so. so this here, movie yeah. is so stupid. 
It is so it is so bad. It is so eighties, and it is brilliant. No, what's great is that they rent the, the wrong against house. The fr- <laughs> this is like this is before you know Airbnb. They, get, yeah. they grab the wrong house, then they get to the right house. It's a toilet next and like along a beach, and there's the lifeguards that are staying next door. So there's a line of jockstraps. <laughs> so and then there's a Joe Publix beach sign out front, and people are walking through his kitchen basically <laughs> to get to the beach. And he, oh, I'm Joe Public. Welcome, welcome to my beach. Uh, his neighbor here just got uh, breast implants. Let's listen. What do you think of these? Well, what do you think? About what? The <laughs> beads. Well, those. Yeah. How do they look? Uh, similar. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can almost see the flop sweat on command. Oh, it's so he's so freaking great! great. And of course, he's got the bat. He's like the legs in an air cast. The great, yeah. Ugh. When he walks into his house, because the the, the, the beachgoers have invaded the house, and he walks into the the bedroom, and the guy's there with the cast, the air cast, <laughs> and he goes, uh, he goes, get out! And he goes, oh, I'm watching the Smurfs. He goes, oh, really? Did you see the one where Papa Smurf beat the guy to death with a crutch? And then he like starts wailing on the bed with, right. a, get out, on. get out! <laughs> So, my, yeah, so great. One of the great line, throwaway uh, lines, though, is too is uh, the frisbee <laughs> gets thrown. He goes down to grab it, and the 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 guy and the girl are making out. They roll over onto the frisbee, right? And the guy oh, looks at him and he goes, "I'm sorry, your, your wife's a my whammo." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he also get trapped? They buried him and then they forgot him and left him under the beach chair. The Someone major sat down. Sunburn, yeah. sunburn. No, that's even... that's a summer uh, summer. Not that's summer that's, that's the uh, the follow up to better. Summer. That's one crazy summer. Right. summer. Sorry. Hi. I'm Nick. I'm here to tell you about an affliction that affects millions of Americans every year. It's growing and there's no end in sight. I'm talking, of course, about podcast envy. Hi, I'm George. I suffered from podcast envy. Sure, I had a podcast, but it wasn't the biggest deal. It was just insignificant compared to other podcasts. I felt so inadequate. Hi, I'm Buck. I felt myself consistently looking at other podcasts. They seem so massive. My friends and I were finally able to conquer podcast envy when I found the Boston Podcast Network. They gave us a new podcast, a mighty powerful one too. They even gave it a name, Shawshanked. We finally had a podcast, one we could hold up high and be proud of. We were now able to whip out our podcast and expose it publicly. Thousands of people received our podcast on the internet on Pod 617. Some enjoy our podcast in bits and spurts. Many prefer to swallow it whole. Either way, don't wait any longer. Please act now. End your own podcast envy. Go to pod617.com and take hold of your own podcast. Find our podcast Shawshank. See if you can handle it. Don't be ashamed of your little podcast. Get a big one at pod617.com. All right, so that was Summer Rental. One year later, it's... He is again starring, uh, this time in Armed and Dangerous, co-starring with Eugene Levy. Okay. So good. Probably my favorite 80s theme song. David, if you could <laughs> endeavor to find the Armed and Dangerous theme song. Uh, the ending scene where, like, uh, I, need you to give me a, I, I need you to give me a ride. Well, climb on in here, Slim, when he hops in the 18-wheeler right, yeah, yeah, yeah. with the guy and he's trying to track down yeah, the, the brink truck. Yeah, he takes down the bike that breaks he's down like, here. what are you hauling? Rocket fuel. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so, just... Absolutely gold. That movie's great. Oh, the scene when he and Eugene Levy, they do like, oh, I used to be a... Oh, wait, come on. I mean, this is the greatest thing. Can this be the Shawshank theme song, please? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, is anybody going to bother to sue us for using it? (laughs) 
I mean, th- wouldn't that be a badge of honor for no, this the guy, podcast? No, the lawyer's sitting no there waiting for somebody to finally play this. And go, I got it. Oh they finally. God. It's so great. So, uh, there's that scene. But Tiny Lester, he, uh, who was oh, Zeus later, yeah. is in the movie yeah. as the, one of the security guards. Yeah. What, what's great is re- that... Like, I'm a professional lip... Oh, I used to be a lip reader. Yeah, I think... Uh, uh, I think I lost my penis. Oh, that's right. I saw it over there with the uh, cocktail wiener. <laughs> Where it's, right. When they're signing up to uh, be security guards, a uh, foreign guy goes over. Where it says name, do I put my name there? Yes. yes. <laughs> so great, though. When, uh, so here's the idea that John Candy and June Levy are like renta guards. And yes. Eugene Levy, based on this insane plot, is hooked up romantically with Meg, Meg Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Oh my God! Meg pre pre very hot top young gun, top gun, hot. Hot. Yeah, top oh gun Meg Ryan. same year same year by the way Meg Ryan with a fat with a ninety seven mile per hour fastball that she couldn't control yet oh yeah oh yeah she then was she like she was like it. wild things she was throwing yeah. it, and somebody gave her right. glasses all right let's move on though because uh, the next <laughs> cameo he's gonna do is that same year nineteen eighty six Little Shop of Horrors do we have that David if possible um, so good one of the great cameos of all time and again it just shows the the uh, kind of magnetic personality he was because you put him in a, a another ensemble uh, show yeah. like Little Shop of Horrors where right. you have Bill Murray, you've sure. got Steve Martin, Steve Martin, Martin, Rick Moranis. I mean, they're the, the, the directed by the great talent Frank is Oz. endless. It is that is it that movie and is he still a has a very bracket. very memorable scene. Vincent Gardenia. And now Wink Wilkinson's Weird World with your host Wink Wilkinson. The Hi, everybody, it's weird. Wink, Wilkinson laughing and scratching at you. How's everybody doing today? I got a little bit of a stiff neck. Let me just fix this up. Oh, that feels a lot better. Well, I got a great show for you today with some wonderful weird stuff. What are you doing here? What? You, please, lady, don't. Put your clothes back on. It's Wink. Well, you can't do this to me. What if your husband were to walk in? I'm right here, Wink. I'm sorry. I love your show, but I've got to kill you both with this machine gun. Oh, you got me. Oh, 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 I feel, I feel so very weird. Okay, our first guest today is... Jumps right into it. Oh, my oh God. My so God. Again, but again, the John physical King- comedy at the end where he goes... Uh, you remember that total eclipse of the sun about a week ago? And then he's, it just goes... Da-do, da-do. But he makes this face that, like... Ah, he, he was the greatest. Uh, all right, so that is uh, Little Shepherd Horrors. The following year, 1987... He is co-starring again as Barf the Mog in oh my God. Spaceballs. Barf. Oh, my. Wow. Barf. Barf. Man, Barf does dog. anyone do, as we go through all this, and I hope people now are thinking like, man, I got to set up like a John Candy playlist or like, or in my Netflix queue or whatever. Has Does anyone or has anyone made more with less? Like he has 90 seconds to be funny in Little Shop of Horrors. Crushes it. Terrible script. Stupid movies with summer rental and armed and dangerous. Incredibly memorable to us. Why? Because he was John Candy. In Spaceballs, he doesn't have a lot to do. He's bar- he's barf the mug, but he's really uh, you know the the supporting character uh, to Lone Star. Yeah, yeah. No, he's basically Chewbacca. Yes, and he's you know the, a couple of lines that he gets. You know he he crushes them Knocks all. Him. Of course. Um, do we have anything from space? Oh, yeah. Here we go from Spaceballs. Grab myself a snack. You want some? No. Oh, a little hair of the dog. No, listen, answer okay. that thing for me. What's that? Oh, sorry. I'll just throw our audio here. That way they won't see you. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Lone Star. Sorry, wrong switch. <laughs> Hello, Vinny. What do you want? No, 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 no. It's not what I want. It's what 
he wants. <laughs> Pizza <Pizza's> the hut. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, so, and, and you know what? It is. It, this is almost like one of these uh, career achievement awards when right. you get to be in a Mel Brooks film. Yeah. Uh, and actually, the best line in that scene is when when the gangster's eating him, and he goes, "You're delicious, <laughs> delicious pizza." Um, but yeah, so he does Spaceballs in 1987. That same year is probably his defining moment. What should have been his one Oscar-worthy performance? Uh, 1987's Del Griffith performance in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Uh, maybe my favorite movie of all time. We've gushed about this. Uh, if there was a Thanksgiving movie, this is it. That's it. This is it. Uh, John Candy is. Nick and I were talking about songs that we find we like because they're melancholy. He is so melancholy in this at the end. It's so yeah. uh it's so sad. Mm-hmm. It, it, but he's so uh he's so candy, you know? Mm-hmm. So lovable. The last thing I want to be remembered as is an annoying blabbermouth. <laughs> you know, nothing grinds my gears worse than some chowder head who doesn't know when to keep his big trap shut. You catch me running off of the mouth, just give me a poke in the chops. You know, I always thought that. The same way that I go on about Judd Apatow movies being 30 minutes too long. Too many John Hughes movies for me in the later part of the 80s. Uh, a lot of them did, but especially in the latter part of the 80s. And it had kind of like maudlin, schmaltzy endings. Like, like oh, man, he had, to, he had to be homeless, basically. He had to be like, you know, had his wife... Uh, you know he's a yeah. he's a widow and he's kind of homeless. It made always made me feel a little sad. It was it was definitely. And by the way, you know when you when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea: have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Poor Dell. He's just crushed. You can see he's really hurt. You want to hurt me? Go right ahead if it makes you feel any better. I'm an easy target. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me, because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. So think about this for a second. It is. It's very. You're right. I mean, Nick, but, we'll take your rebuttal now. <laughs> it's very <laughs> emotional. He's an. He's a, like he showed some range. He was an actor. Yeah, he, he supporting actor nominee definitely. Steve Martin's great in that. Too. I know Steve Martin's Matt, amazing. Matt, he loves that. Yeah. But think about this: the comic genius of Steve Martin, and you have the talent of a John Candy to be able to make him the straight man. The entire movie. There's he has a few laughs, but I mean because of the, the because of how good John Candy is, it's what makes that movie work. Yeah. But, but not only just as the comedic actor uh, and the comedic foil at times, but that's his finest acting performance. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as calling it his signature role. I think that's coming up and signature act. But I'd say signature, signature acting, acting performance. performance. Right. But to be paired up Jake with the likes of a Tom Hanks and a Steve person. Martin and be able to not only hold your own but basically. Outshine them yeah. and make them the straight man. In, in and and what in so many movies, like oh, in this one, it's a really in this movie, it's a funny guy putting on his dramatic acting pants or showing his chops, like Bill Murray in The Razor's Edge, and so many Jim and Carrey and Truman Show. Yeah, and, too often, like oh, this movie isn't really funny; it's more dramatic. Like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is knee-slappingly, gut-bustingly funny for ninety minutes, and then it takes the dramatic turn, and he's able to showcase both sides 
of the repertoire. It's it's the, impressive. The, the scene where they're in the diner and he Steve Martin's trying to explain that man, we should probably just go our separate ways. The way he goes from being like, yeah, this is kind of funny to I'm completely crushed, yeah, to I'm dejected and now I'm leaving, is about as good as it gets. Um, let's go on to 1988 now. It's Hot to Trot, the uh, horse racing movie, uh, in which he does the <laughs> voice, the of, voice Don. of Don. <laughs> Actually, this is uh, I remember seeing Bobcat, this in the right? Bobcat, right? Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. Um, and he does Bob, the voice Bobcat of the horse. At the, Bobcat at the time asked about the talking horse movie. Said it's based on a true story. <laughs> Hot to Trot is sneaky funny. It is sneaky funny. Um, one of the un- most underrated uh, bad sports comedies of all time. Uh, but in that same year, he plays the very lovable Chet Ripley in The Great Outdoors. One of my favorites. Right. Um, the old 96er. Uh, teamed up once again with Dan Aykroyd. The opening scene is such everyone's dad singing yakety yak on the way to vacation. Just mm-hmm. so excited. Oh, God. So good. So good. And, uh, you yeah, know, he pulls the whole thing together. He always played the dad. Uh, and so the the water skiing scene, yeah, faster, the, faster. No, he's selling. He's only yeah. bastard, bastard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he plays the great uh, again, paired with Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. an Academy Academy Award nominated actor, mm-hmm. great comedian in his own right, and uh, again paired terrifically there. But it, in the following year, he's back to doing his own single work. This time is Harry Crumb, and who's Harry Crumb? Oh. Is with the red hair, yes, John Candy with dyed hair, yes. He was, you know, and honestly, he was a little too heavy for my own liking in this one. He was. Uh, there's also they're, they're getting um, almost Adam Sandler esque type of comedy moments in here. At one point, he's on an exercise bike. How many times have we seen this? The exercise bike well, that bolt exercise falls guy. off and oh, he goes flying to a wall. Um, fat, fat guy stuck to a window on the outside of a skyscraper. Just Here's a, that just old game. Not, oh. not a great movie, but he holds it together. Mm-hmm. Um, almost like Johnny Depp holds some of his horrible movies that he's yeah. in together. Uh, he was also in a movie called Speed Zone in 80, 89. Don't remember that one at all. But one of the seminal moments for uh, John Candy, once again, teamed with uh, not Christopher Columbus, but also um, oh, uh, John Hughes. John uh, yes. Hughes, uh, this time in Uncle Buck, 1989, uh, as uh, Uncle Buck Russell, my namesake, mm-hmm. um, so this one is like another one where I don't know that another actor pulls this movie off. No signature performance. Now can this we? Now can we? This is this one. Role. This is the signature candy roll for yes. you. Uh, let's think about this movie because this is John Hughes still showing the broad comedy fastball. Fastball. This is John Candy at his peak, and this is also this may also be remembered as America discovers their favorite precocious eight-year-old Tyke on camera. Yep. Yeah, glad I said Tyke. I'm Anita Horgarth. Buck melanoma. Holy <laughs> Russell wart. <laughs> Not her wart. Not her wart. I'm I'm the wart. She's my tumor. My, my growth. My uh, my pimple. I'm Uncle Wart. Just old Buck Wart Russell. That's what they call me. The size or, of that uh, thing. Melanoma head. They'll call me that. They'll call me that. Melanoma head's coming. <laughs> sorry, Uncle. Maisie Russell's uncle. I'm her uncle. <laughs> her uh, her mother uh, set up this conference with you. I'm assistant principal here, as you've probably noticed from the indications on the door. <laughs> this door? <laughs> the outer door. The outer door. <laughs> There's nothing on this one. <laughs> so 
No, but that, that is, so that's, that's, that's it. That's, nothing, that's, that's, that's the line right there. He's being a child. Not this He's such a great, like, he's the outer door. He's a giant, fat, funny, grown man who's a, who's like a really sarcastic child. Like, that's what my six-year-old would say. He's like, there's nothing on this door. The outer door. Oh, the other door. Because there's nothing on this one. And then, and then the old politing laugh. Uh, that sums up. If you had to just kind of sum up <laughs> how brilliant he is, it would be maybe that scene right there. Yeah. Um, he carries this movie. This this is a, again. Oh, I mean, a it's movie. called Uncle Buck. But also, um, you know, John Hughes. Th- is this the point where he kind of starts off becoming like Scorsese's De Niro, right? Because he's in this. He does um, Home Alone as the cameo. Career Opportunities as a cameo. He's just kind of this reliable guy that you'll see in John Hughes movies to just kind of realign things or, or just kind of almost put a spit polish on one mm-hmm. of these films. Yeah, it, it gives it a credence, Cre- I guess. Yeah, credit. And it is this possibly, a- is this the last great John Candy performance? Well, we'll uh, we're about to find out because as we go through the rest of the, the list here, he does a voiceover work in Disney's The Rescuers Down Under in 1990. In Home Alone, he plays Gus. No, it's not. That's no. right. Yeah. He plays know. Gus Polanski, uh, the Polish... Uh, he's a ca- clarinet player. Polka, polka, polka. Sausage King of Chicago. He's the Polka King of Chicago. Polka King, polka king of, of the uh, Midwest. Shibu- Big in Sheboygan. Big in Sheboygan. Um, it's brilliant. He is so good in But that again, part. it's just a small... He's got the scene, yeah. in the scene in the airport and a scene in the truck. In the truck. Right. And that's it. That's it. And he's still so recognizable. He was probably available film. for two days. Tell me, have you ever gone on vacation and left your child home? But I did leave one at a funeral parlor once. Yeah, it was uh, it was terrible too. You know, I was. This is ad lib, by the way. Everything you know, the wife and I, we left the the little tyke there in the funeral parlor all day, all day. You know, we went back at night when you know when we came to our senses, and there he was. Apparently, he was there alone all day with a corpse. Now he was okay, you know, after six seven weeks. And I came around, started talking again. <laughs> so, but Catherine uh, O'Hara is a fellow okay. SETV no, actress. Kids are resilient. Like that. Kids are resilient. I, that's just you brought it you up. Brought <laughs> 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 like After six, it. seven yeah. weeks. Yeah. Oh, uh, funny. But but the idea that you know, again, he's just basically got two scenes, and one of the scenes that you 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 forget. She's yelling at the guy at the desk. And he's behind he's her. He's behind her. And she says, if I have to sell my soul you know, to the <laughs> devil himself, he looks back and he goes, oh. <laughs> and, but he makes this face that captures the scene. The whole thing. He's like crushed by it. So, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's Home Alone. He's in Masters of Menace, which I don't recall, in 1991. JFK, the movie, as Dean Andrews. He, he, so oh, here's his really right. his only serious acting role in the uh, Oliver Stone film JFK. Uh, where he plays, uh, I think it's a um, New Orleans, you know, hotshot uh-huh. uh, who's trying to give information. He plays a lawyer who um, has connections to Clay Shaw, you know, the suspect in the JFK thing. Here, communicating with you. Is this off the record, Daddy-O? Good. In that case, let me sum it up for you real quick. If I answer that question, you keep asking. If I give you the name of the big enchilada, you know, then it's Bon Voyard Dino. I mean, like, pulling it. I mean, like a bullet in my head, you dig? Your mouse fighting a gorilla. Kennedy's as dead as that crab meat. 
The government's still breathing. You want to line up with a dead Eat man? My lips, Dino. Either you dancing to the grand jury with the real identity of Claire Bertrand, or your fat behind's going to the slammer. Now you dig me? You're as crazy as your mama. Goes to show it's in the jeans. You have any idea what you're getting yourself into, Daddy-o? The government's gonna jump all over your head, Jimbo, and go cock-a-doodle-doo. Good day to you, sir. Now, as good as he might have been, I gotta tell you, that's horrible casting for me. Yeah, because you just look at that scene and you just go, "It's John Candy." Right? You don't buy for a second. Well, it was stunt casting, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's okay. You don't have to agree with me. I just, I just thought it was. It, it, it definitely opens your eyes. Like, oh my God, that's John Candy. But, but, but uh, but in in that movie, in that serious role, I mean, I, I look at that and I just go, "Why did you have to use somebody who I immediately get taken out of the story?" Yeah, go, it's John Candy in this. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, he was great, and he acted very well in Sometimes else. Sometimes you look at him and you say, like, oh, that's John Just Candy. Just such an American icon right. in film right. to throw into a scene where you're trying to show a serious movie. American icon in film and known for comedy, too. So maybe this is his most underrated performance because it was somewhat of a dramedy. I think this is also another John Hughes film. Uh, Only the Lonely, 1991. He plays Danny Muldoon, uh, who is working wow. as a cop... Do you guys remember this film? What's, what's it called? Only the Lonely. Only the Lonely. Yeah, oh, yeah. The funeral part of the movie. And yeah, where He's dating a girl right. who runs it's a funeral Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy, yep. And, and it's about the mom relationship, yes. right? Yes. Catherine O'Hara, the famous you know Hollywood actress who did Miracle on 34th Maureen Street. Maureen O'Hara. Who did this. Maureen O'Hara. Oh, did I say Catherine? You okay. did, because Ma- we just talked Maureen, about her a few yes. Maureen O'Hara, uh, Miracle on 34th Street, The Quiet Man, legendary Hollywood actress. One of my favorite stories of all time, and this kind of sums up who John Candy was. When the filming of this movie happened, they had Star Trek. Everyone had a trailer on set, right? John Candy had this gaudy, large trailer. Maureen O'Hara was stuck in the same trailer as all the rest of the co-stars. As soon as John Candy found out about this, he called for the directors, producers, and had their trailer switched. He said, Maureen O'Hara is a monster star. She does not deserve to be in a trailer that size. She's taking my trailer, and that's the end of it. And immediately wow. switched. Uh just, I mean, just shows you the kind of heart. And then why all the people that worked with him absolutely loved him. But Fred Toucher says he's an asshole, so. Oh, F him. That's the end of that. I'll hear no more of that Toucher nonsense. barely knew her. Hey. So, John Did have Candy. Ah, I mean, there okay, it was, yeah, there, was there. It was there. Uh, yeah. Go so watch it. There's, there's only website, the, Honestly, go back and watch Only the Lonely. I, I, one of my favorite performances that he has. He looks good in that, actually. He... he like Nick said, he was, getting, he was getting big. He was getting big. Like he was un- I was uncomfortable. I remember even when I saw it in 1990, like, oh, John Candy looks really fat in the back of this truck next to Catherine O'Hara. I remember watching, I think it was an E! True Hollywood special on John Candy, and they talked about, his closest friends talked about how um, he passed around this time past his father's age when his father had died, and it really freaked him out. Because he, the only thing you could think was, I'm kind of living a life that no, it's a right. male Borrowed in my family. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and he was four years Look away. Look at that from jovial face. Look at this press photo. But from yeah, I mean, only the he was always a big guy. But uh, yeah, you're right. At this point, you really what a handsome man he would have been if he were actually in shape or took care of himself. Like I bet he would have been a really handsome man. No, I no doubt. Um, would you do him? <laughs> so only. <laughs> Would you give I've got the taste of one of those males in my mouth. Wow. 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 Where was that what? from? Where did that? David had David. a secret recording one night. Dave's got two. Uh, 1981, he, or 1981. 91, he's also in Career Opportunities. Again, another John Hughes. This, I think, was just produced by John Hughes' uh, film, uh, Career Opportunities. He's the store manager. Uh, kind of a, a throwaway scene, but a memorable one at that. Um, he's also in 1991's 
uh, nothing but trouble in multiple roles as uh, Dennis and Eleanor. Dan- that's uh, the number one worst movie of worst all time. Worst movie of all time. Pretty, no, pretty it's big. not even close. Yeah. Another I mean, one it's... again with Dan Aykroyd. He's he's co-starring. Um, and and uh, and Chevy Chase is back on this yeah. one, so it's kind of like a career retrospective film for him. Ninety one. He also does Delirious. Now, Delirious as Jack Gable, soap opera writer, right? Is one of these movies that every time I get Shawshanked by when it's on uh, cable. Now, I they don't play it as much as they used to, but it used to be one of those ones that was constantly on HBO, then it was constantly on USA, right? And it's actually a really really funny movie. The idea that he is a soap opera writer who has uh, like a concussion or something he ends up in one of his own fan. <laughs> it's like a fantasy thing. He ends up in his own soap opera. But he realizes if he can use his typewriter as the writer to change the script. So he wants to fall in love with the, the lead lady. Uh, he also, uh, at one point, uh, is, it a, is it a party? And then the, the bartenders bring in cold deer. And he realizes he had a typo because he wrote cold beer, but <laughs> it's cold deer. And uh, so just a hol- you know, hilarity ensues. Let's play a little game. What kind of game? It's called trust. So silly. All right. How do you plan? Simple. I place my life in your hands. Ah! Are you crazy? Come on, Rachel. What do I do? Please stop. (laughs) Why? I trust you. So he's driving with the blindfold on with his. With the hot chick and the uh, riding shotgun. Mary, yeah, Mariel Hemingway is the kind of uh, the dour lady lead, and then you know ends up becoming the beautiful girl at the end that he falls in love with. I'm glad we're spending so much time on Delirious. All right. Hey, it's best for people to know that there's more than this just this is a career splash. retrospective. Kip. There's more than just splash. And when was the last time you saw Delirious? Uh, when we were working in the movie theater. The Great Outdoors. There's more than Splash and Great Outdoors. So he has a cameo in 1992's Divorce and Natasha. He also has one in uh, Once Upon a Crime in 92. 93 might be, you know, right up there with his acting performances in Disney's Cool Runnings. So good. As he's the coach of the Jamaican bobsled team, a former Olympian himself. Perhaps last notable... Role for John Candy, I think. When people think, like, what's the last it John was Candy his movie? last cool legit, runnings. like a great, a good movie, where he was the there are five leads in it. He was one of them. Yeah, and the bobsled guys, Dougie Doug. Mm-hmm. But he plays off like you I know, like a was there like an Oscar push? Didn't people like love Cool Runnings? They loved the script. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you know what was you know what push. killed it. It was a Hollywood Studios uh, Disney. That's right. At that time, Hollywood, it just yeah, that right. wasn't a thing. You that's right. I have to ask you a question. Sure. But you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I mean, I want you to, but if you can't, I understand. You want to know why I cheated, right? Yes, I do. That's a fair question. It's quite simple, really. I had to win. You see, Therese, I'd made winning my whole life. And when you make winning your whole life, you have to keep on winning, no matter what. You understand that? No, I don't understand, coach. You had two gold medals. You had it all. Therese, a gold medal is a wonderful thing. 
But if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. Wow. Did what it, was the backstory on that? That he, 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 he How did John well, Cassidy? So that actually that was a true story in which yep. he was the bobsled participant, and I want to say the um, 1960, 1964, something like that, Olympics. He coaches the Jamaican bobsled, bobsled team in the 1980 Olympics. One of the famous things was, I think it was the Miller Lite or Bud Light commercial in which they open the freezer mm-hmm. and the bobsled team's in there trying to prepare because the Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> right. uh, but, and they end up wiping out and they end up like finishing like last. And, and they, was that, they, they was, carry the bobsled across the uh, finish line. Correct. Was that part of the story true that the, the coach had uh, a past with the Olympics? and I believe it was. Yeah, really? I believe it All was. Right. that he was, It was an American uh, who, who was disqualified for cheating. Um, but so anyway, the idea was that was really his last great acting performance. Uh, but you can see just in that clip, and if you go and watch it on YouTube, folks, uh, go put it in your Google machine. He had so many good roles he, ahead of him. But the, the neck roll underneath him, and maybe it's the angle of the camera. He just mm. really at this point is really Blowing not up. looking great. Yeah. Uh, no. So that's again 1993. Oof. No, look at that. Uh, yeah. In 1994, not the most David. He would do his last uh, his last couple film uh, appearances. Uh, Wagons East. Okay, he plays James Harlow. It it was actually the film that he was filming when he passed away, though he had completed Canadian Bacon, uh, a film by... uh, Michael Moore. Michael Moore, uh, which is actually a really, really funny movie if you have a chance to watch it. But it was almost one of these straight-to-video type of movies. It didn't get a huge huge run because his death had overshadowed the release. Uh, And I guess he made a cameo in a movie called Hostage for a Day in 94. In Rookie of the Year. He was in Rookie of the Year in 93, I think, as the uh, sportsportscaster. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I love that movie. We got the beauty of Rosen Rosen Garner. Rosen Garner. I love that movie. Hank took a swing at that one, but the pump already called the ball. Gary Busey was the romantic interest. He might have been left out of the credits of that one. He was uncredited. Oh, yeah. That's why it was off the list. But so, yeah, the one point when he's in the the booth being the broadcaster yeah. he goes to eat his hot dog and Rowan Gardner throws it from center field all the way to the catcher and it's that great he's holding it you know, the hot dog's right in front of his mouth uh. and, and it's pause you know again a great physical comedian um, but yeah he had passed away while filming Wagons East there was a lot of B-roll and stuff that they ended up doing to wrap that one up horrible horrible film don't bother watching it Canadian Bacon's definitely worth Seeing for the scene alone where they're singing "Born in the USA" and they don't know the lyrics <laughs> "Born in the USA" uh, uh, "Born in the U.S." So, but that's our career uh, retrospective. Look with John at that! Candy. Look at how many movies. There, I was thinking we were going to come in and talk about five or six of our John Candy favorites, and now we've gone through so many movies, pulled so many fond memories, so many iconic lines, laughs, and characters that, like I said a little while ago, in this podcast, that was definitely much longer than I thought it would be. Uh, <laughs> You need to go back and have like a John Candy thon. Who? So what's your favorite? Years then, to this day. You had to pick one film to watch. One okay, one film. Yes. It's probably going to be Armed and Dangerous. Okay. Oh, a good one. Okay. Yeah. George? Uh, sp- splash in the supporting role. I think he's for a lead John Candy role. I got to go. Armed what does he and say dangerous. about Penthouse Magazine? <laughs> He says, are any of you from Penthouse Magazine when they discover the mermaid? And, then, and all the reporters go, no. He goes, then we ain't talking. <laughs> That's right. Because yeah. yeah, uh, he wrote a, a letter in the letter section that got printed. Yeah, and, Le- and, and, Lesbian no more. It's a beautiful article. Uh, but my, 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 <laughs> my second favorite is Great Outdoors. I love that movie. Love, love it. 100%. Uh, yeah. For me, it's uh, got to be planes, trains, and automobiles. Sure. But obviously, uh, Uncle Buck. Oh, sure. So, all right. Why don't we go ahead and wrap this one up? Uh, real sure. quick. That's our John Candy retrospective right there. Uh, before we talk about what's what we've been Shawshanked by this week. 
Yes, sir. Producer Dave here and Uncle Buck, thank you so much for allowing me to chime in. I thought it would be cool if I quizzed you guys today on the subject of Mr. Candy. Are you game? Are you ready? I'm in. All right. Oh, yeah, so, 100%. So um, here's what we did. We drew taglines from movies that John Candy has appeared in, it, not necessarily in a starring role, but John Candy has been in all these movies. And we've got uh, three of you. We've got about 11 of these. Whatever. We'll go around, round robin style. Uh, and see how you do. Every movie has an official tagline, if you didn't know. Um, and uh, some of these are on the easy side. Some of them, maybe not so much. Who would like to begin? Uh, Buck, you go first. Buck, go ahead, okay. one named after a character. That's right. So, Buck, uh, this is a complete layup, but you got to start somewhere. He's crude, he's crass, he's family. What movie is that? That's Uncle Buck. That's Uncle Buck. Nice. Okay. Oh, All right. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, man. Well done. Okay. George is next. Okay, George. Once upon a once upon a time warp in deep space, the struggle between the nice and the rotten goes on. That's Spaceballs. Spaceballs yeah, is correct. Well done. I keep official score over here. Okay, Woo! you got score. Yeah. All right, Nick. Yes. Here we go. One man is about to make the biggest decision that will change the course of his life financially and mentally. That's got to be Brewster's Millions. Brewster's Millions is All correct. Right. Oh, yeah. you made me wait. I'm sweating it. I'm sweating it. That's like Jeez. if you're safe in American Idol, man. <laughs> Reaching for his man card. You are safe, George. <laughs> All right. Oh, we move on to round two. The right. clues get a little bit harder. Okay, Buck, here we go. Surrender pronto or we'll level Toronto. That's Canadian bacon. Canadian bacon is correct. Well done. Buck. Kip, I think you should handle this one, but who knows. Alan Bauer thought he'd never find the right woman. He was only half wrong. Splash. Splash is right. Wow. Oh! oh yeah. This is making me nostalgic for my movie poster collection. All right. Here we go, Nick. The story of a man who wanted to keep the world safe for democracy and meet girls. Ooh. One more time. Can I steal? Sure. Now, hold on. All right. The story of a... He gets it again. The story of a man who wanted to keep the world safe for democracy... And meet girls. Man, he wanted to meet the world. Safe for democracy. Mm-hmm. It's got to be armed and dangerous. Oh. oh, God. My buzzer was really loud. That's uh, all right. Buck, would you like to challenge? That's stripes. That's correct. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was thinking more significant candy rolls. Shame on me. I should have gone okay. in the way back machine. Yeah, they get, hard. they get harder. All right, Buck, um, here's yours. All right. The, wa- the wild. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> The the wildlife is wild, but his brother-in-law is unbearable. Brother-in-law is unbearable. Oh, no, brother-in-law. Steal for the steal for the steal. steal? Uh, Well, Kip's next in line. Go ahead, George. Great outdoors. Come on! Damn it! (laughs) In all fairness, I knew that. It's just more fun if I pretend not to know. I'm sorry. Just go ahead. All right, Kip. Here's yours. We only got two left, so sorry if it wasn't even, but uh, he only had so many movies set. And I didn't want to throw out clues Nick like... trailing like, badly. Like trailing, the, yeah. If I threw out a tagline that says something about the Jamaican bobsled team, I think that would have given it away. So I Agreed. threw certain ones out. Uh, here we go, uh, Kip. Nerves of steel, body of iron, brain of stone. I'll read it again. Nerves of steel, body of iron, brain of stone. Uh, uh, the 
summer rental. Nick, this is your moment. Who's Harry Crumb? That's right. We're all, are we all tied? No. Uh, somebody keeping score. No, you. <laughs> Buck and Kip have three each. Nick has two. No, wait. No. no he just stole one. I just stole, stole one. one. I, I, I can now three. get to three at the end of the third round. Yes. And then we'll have to tie, have a tiebreaker. Okay. I only have two clues left. So, how, so that's so, great. If okay. I get this right, then we'll have one left to be able to throw up and yeah. we'll have okay. to do a first guess. Let's all throw up. Let's yes. All right. <laughs> like my son earlier today. Okay. Oh, can I kiss you? Here it is. <laughs> Nick, the tagline is pack in the laughter. Pack in the laughter. Summer rental. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, packing like a trip. That's what I was thinking. They packed up pack for the summer. Pack in the laughter. Mm-hmm. Now it gets thrown out to the crowd and um, Buck, you could win it here. I know. I'm trying to think of what packing the laughter. Anyone at all? Uh, Shosh, uh, Schindler's yeah, it's list. definitely the Shawshank Redemption. Schindler's List. Gremlins <laughs> to the new batch. Because he was in that. Strangely, the answer is planes, trains, and automobiles. That was a tagline for planes, oh, trains, and automobiles. Yeah, that was. I would have gone some rental over that. All right. Well, I better try to grab this right, to tie. So, Here's so the last whoever one. Whoever yells out first. We yep. don't want a three-way tie. That'd be lame. So, George, you and I got to come up with this one. Wow, oh, I got knocked out already? Well, you're down. It's three, three to two. I actually just realized I have two more. Does that change things? Oh, for God's sakes, David. Just, just, just do one. Just do one. Just do one. Okay. <laughs> the most dangerous combination since nitro and glycerin. Oh, Buck raised his hand. Go. Dangerous? You've been waiting for <laughs> Go for it. Come on. You got it, George. George. Can you please repeat The it? most dangerous combination since nitro and glycerin. It's not armed and dangerous. It's not yeah. armed and dangerous. It's, um... It's... I think Nick knows it. Do you know it? Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Volunteers. Oh, you get a... You get a wow. What? Remember, it's not... Oh, he's, oh, 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 I know. Blues Wait. Brothers. That's right. Oh, I win. the way back. We're thinking John you Candy forgot. movies. Yeah. I know. Danny I had the poster. I, I was very clear. I was very it's clear only, at the beginning. It's our only first fair for Uncle Buck to win. Our first ever throwdown. And of course, I walk away the winner. Folks, let's talk about what we were Shawshank by this week. Kip, what were you Shawshank by this week? But over the past two months, I've been. Shawshank. Yeah. Over the past couple months, I've been obsessed with the Weezer cover album, the Teal album. Uh, Nick and I actually listened to a lot of it on the way. Uh, yeah, we hold hands. Video. Yeah, we, uh, we, uh, but they cover "Everybody Wants to Rule the World" by Tears for Fears. They cover "No Scrubs" by TLC, and it is so rocking. It's so good, and it's uh, and they didn't change anything. They just Africa is that one? Africa. Yeah. Uh, they didn't change anything real big. They kept the same lyrics. They kept the same tones. They kept the same music. It's such a good cover album. And you know the perfect thing to do is. As you're pulling out of the Costco parking lot, you put on the Teal album, you drive to see Green Book, and then you have dinner at the Olive Garden. That's the whitest day ever. Wow. <laughs> it's a, no, check it out. Check it out. It, no it's scrubs. Great. It's my awesome. And you're home it's by excellent. nine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it was, it's really good. Yeah. It's really so good. good. Oh, all right. check so it when, I, when Weezer, I used to have a radio show, we played the, the Africa cover all the time. We, Weezer Teal album. So Weezer good. Teal album. Nick, how about you? What were you shushing by this week? Uh, believe it or not, I've got a bunch of things. I've act- Now that I've got time on my hands, uh, I've seen so many movies. Now I'm prepared to be part of a pop culture radio show in Boston, damn it. <laughs> I've had a chance to see so many shows, catch up on what everyone was watching, a bunch of movies. But i got to say, the thing I've been enjoying the most recently was something that was filmed in 2016, but I think it just dropped on Netflix again, Conan Without Borders. So a couple years ago, Conan O'Brien traveled the world 
doing shows and filming these specials where he would just descend upon a strange land for a couple of days, and they would make these unfiltered 45-minute episodes, if you will. And I guess they ran on TBS, but since no one watches Conan on TV anymore, <laughs> this is where you have to find him on the internet, where you see YouTube breakout clips. Or, like, the funny ones of him and his producer uh, getting in fights after Conan drank too much coffee in Italy. Th those clips are just absolute gold. Conan Without Borders on Netflix right now. The absolute funniest thing you can watch. The first episode that comes up when he goes to Cuba is at gold. Gold. Absolute gold. I'm watching the Mexico episode right now. It's the kind of thing I can't wait to get home and bury an episode or two. You'll love it. Wow. All right. he is, it reminds you how, how awkward, how smart, how funny and how likable Conan O'Brien is. He's great. He's an absolute national treasure. All right, fantastic. And I, I'm glad your wife will be happy you're coming home to bury an episode or two of that <laughs> and not something else. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Let's uh, go home and put on the teal. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. They're not all How gold. about you, Buck? Uh, I was shawshanked by cutting the cord from cable this week. Uh, oh, wow. I got on the YouTube. You made the move, didn't you? YouTube TV is my big move. Um, if you have a smart TV, it's a lot easier, but I went out and got a Roku box, and YouTube TV for $40 a month has all my local channels, uh, has a majority of the cable channels that I enjoy, but it also has Nessun. That was my big thing. I could not find Nessun outside of cable. I think there's only one provider. Fubo TV has them, because there's like, it's Hulu, it's YouTube TV, right. you can go with Sling or Fubo. There's a lot of different options, and I definitely right. suggest you do your research based on what you watch, mm -hmm. but it is possible, folks. You can do it. I cut my cable bill down from $250 a, a month to $130. So now with high-speed internet and an alternative provider, you're down to $130. And I've got three kids, and one of them's really into gaming, the other one's really into like... Uh, snuff? Like two of them into, you know, one's into <laughs> snuff, one's into gaming... And one's in it cooking. It's weird. Uh, so, uh, but between all that and having these different streaming services throughout the house, yeah, cutting the cord is possible. And I did it with YouTube TV and uh, and just straight internet. So, hey, and you've got, now that you've got YouTube TV, thank, oh, thank that's you. exactly what yeah, you deserve. You deserve. I was going to say Jiffy Pop. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you something else. I'm sure we will be Shawshanked by in upcoming weeks. Uh, the return of Cobra Kai, the Cobra Kai oh. season two preview. Yeah, the pre uh, the of, all the, of all the trailers, exactly. Of all the trailers you've watched so far for movies coming out this year, shows returning, I enjoyed the preview for the uh, Cobra Kai season two more than I did the Game of Thrones finale. Go back and watch season one of Cobra Kai. Also, AMC Theaters is re-showing Karate Kid, the original, on the big screen, so go nice. check that out. But go, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Shawshank, the beginning of Season 3. We are very excited for the content we have to bring you this season on the Pod 617 Boston Podcast Network. I'm your host, Uncle Buck, Nick Stevens. That's right. Georgie Kip. Thanks, guys. And our producer, David, thank you. Later, gangsters. Thank you, John. <laughs> Good one, man. And until next time, you have been Shawshank. 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 Thousands of people received our podcast, spraying it all over their... Oh, oh Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ.